All right. Episode three. Ew. <laughs> the Emperor's. In case it wasn't clear, we're talking about the Emperor's children today. Um, Anisius, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <clears throat> Allow us to briefly explain why. The Emperor's children, um, when the Traitor Legions became the Traitor Legions, each of them kind of picked a different god, except for, I believe, two of them, who kind of serve chaos as a whole. But the Emperor's children worship Slanesh, the god of every single horrible thing that happens in a Serbian film. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, you're better off. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't Google that. Don't. You'll regret that. <laughs> okay, Fulgrim, the third Primarch. Yay. Right. Well, Fulgrim was glam rock incarnate. Yes. He was pretty and shit until he turned into a snake monster, but we're going to get to that. His face was his face remains pretty as a snake monster. It's just now he's purple. Yeah, now he's purple. Yes, yeah, he is. Okay, so, Fulgrim, he landed on Chemos. Chemos sucked, just like everything else in this universe. It fucking sucks! But it all sucks Chemos... differently. <laughs> yeah, Chemos was choked in chemical smog, so there was no sunlight ever, there was no food, there was no water, they literally <laughs> synthesized chemicals for a living, they had no art, no music, no fun, only work, and I want to kill myself! <clears throat> yes. An excellent point. And then, everything changed. When a giant space pod fell out of the sky, and somehow a baby came out of the pod, and the people of Chemos, for some stupid reason, decided that the baby was too pretty to save, despite having a long-standing tradition of killing the babies because you can't feed them. Yes. Oh, also, so because water apparently happened behind- he hit something and then water yeah. happened. He hit the crust of the, the planet in such a way that underground rivers came to the surface. They're like, ooh, that must mean he's a god. <laughs> As it always happens. As it always happens. Yes. So they adopted uh, Fulgrim, and Fulgrim began to work in the mines, and because he's a Primarch and can make everything better with his mind powers, um, he basically excelled in creating uh, more efficient machines. He fixed the infrastructure that was on Chemos. Uh, within, like, ten years, he was, uh, placed as one of the planet's elite, uh, and became, like, one of the whatever number of people who ruled the planet. Yes. Uh, he instantly made everything better. Uh, he made art, because there was no time for art before, because everybody was dying a slow, choking, smoggy death. Yep. Uh, outputs, output of the, uh, the planet's, uh, resources skyrocketed, and, uh, allowing them to create better trade routes with the... Uh, planets around them, and eventually uh, Fulgrim was pretty much made the king of the planet. Yep, as most of them were. and As most of them were. Yeah. But Fulgrim was special, because he made art happen. Yeah. So, after a period of time that's unspecified, the Emperor landed on Chemos, mm -hmm. Chemos yeah. and Fulgrim immediately pledged himself to him. Yes. As Fulgrim so, does. Well, as most of as them Fulgrim did. does, yes. as most of them did, uh, pretty much all of them. Well, with some exceptions, at some with way some or... exceptions. Yes. So Fulgrim, <laughs> they, they all eventually yeah, served Fulgrim. the emperor, but not all of them. Really. Fulgrim saw how shiny the emperor's fancy golden ship was because, as we previously mentioned in his video, in his podcast, he was declaring shiny gold jihad upon everything. And his shiny golden jihad ships were both shiny and gold, and Fulgrim was like, Yes, I do vibe with these. And the Emperor yes. was like, Do you want to. Call, call back get to the first stuff? episode where Anisius made that same joke. Yeah, I remember things. <laughs> Alright, so eventually Fulgrim would come back to Terra with the Emperor and be re reunited with his, his legion, all, the third legion. All. And then. 200. All 200 of them. <laughs> See, the Third Legion's gene seed was decimated and corrupted in some way, uh, meaning the number of the Legion was absolutely pitiful in comparison. Well, we're, we're talking about, like, the Ultramarines at this time were, like, numbering 125,000. Uh, the Emperor's children numbered about 200. Right. Uh, so Fulgrim gave a big speech, and the Emperor was so impressed, he named the Third Legion's the Emperor's children and gave them the Aquila to wear. Yes. Also, so on Lexicanum, it briefly mentions that the 
original Gene Seed stock was stolen by um, robot troll lord extraordinaire Trazen the Infinite. So that would be very funny yeah. and would make a lot of sense. <laughs> it's it's Trazen's fault that Fulgrim hap Trazen's fault that the Emperor's children became the Emperor's children. Uh yep. Blame those Necrons. Yep. Those bastards. Those shiny robot bastards. <laughs> We're gonna get to those guys much later. So the giving of the Emperor's Children of the Aquila and calling them the Emperor's Children, obviously, uh, was the beginning of the end for the Emperor's Children mm -hmm. because this made the Emperor's Children strive for perfection. Mm -hmm. Everything they do centered around the idea of perfection from that day forward because they had to be worthy of the Emperor's, you know, the Emperor's name. So they became the ultimate fancy pretty boys of the Emperor of the Emperor's Legions. I would like to make a brief point about how maybe that you could argue based on lore that I'm reading, that it started before that. Because the Emperor's children, the legionaries, after after Fulgrim went into space, the Emperor made new legionaries, and he recruited these particular legionaries from the noble houses of Terra. Noble houses of Terra. So one could kind of make the assumption that the Emperor's children were kind of always destined to be the fancy pretty boy snobs because they were essentially... Like, it was essentially like how in the, like, the early days of war, the only way you could become an officer was being born into a noble family and going through right, training. Right. It's like that, where, <clears throat> where the Emperor's Children was, an, becoming a legionary of the Emperor's Children was an honor saved only for the richest and the best and those of, like, the highest, most important breeding. Thus, right. I feel like... That, like, and because those guys, and out of the entirety of the Legion, those guys were decaying. And so when those guys, when the Blight happened, and they started decaying, the guys that survived, the Emperor's children that survived, had to be the best of the Emperor's children, both skill-wise and genetically, because their genes were the most pure. And then they met right. Fulgrim who was their leader, father, and the prettiest person they had probably ever seen in their lives, who gave them a speech so fancy and dramatic that it motivated them to be perfect forever. So I feel yes. like at that point, that speech Fair. seals the path that the Emperor's children would have gone to, most likely with or without Fulgrim, if they had been left to their own devices and were not subject to the Blight. Fair enough. This ends my theorizing. This is my one brain cell moment of the day. Um, continue. Yeah, no, that, that all makes sense. I, I buy that. So, after he was reunited with his legion, he, uh, him and his phoenix guard, you know, his personal bodyguard, were just kind of venturing around Terra, and they stumbled into the forages uh, built beneath the, uh, the Malaysian mountains. And it was in these forages that he met with Ferris Manus, uh, Primarch of the Iron Hands. His exact opposite in literally every single regard. Yes. And they essentially were so prideful, both of them, yes. that they challenged each other to a forge match. A forge off, as you will. <laughs> and this lasted for three months straight of them just blacksmithing. Just three... Three months. <laughs> three months, months long. That's just how the non-stop. No sleeping... Barely eating, just, just blacksmithing. beating the shit out of metal. Yep. So Fulgrim made a warhammer for some, some reason. Fucking reason. It was it's GW just, just filling in plot, I guess. Yeah. And Manus made a flaming sword. Cool. They swapped and they became best friends forever. Yes. Mister Mister Glamrock and Mister Hands of Iron. Yes. I just want to point Together out forever the. I just want to point out the all of the, like, because, again, I'm here for the memes, and the memes make the same joke about Fulgrim and Ferris in that same joke, yes, which is the, um, two bros chilling in a blacksmith's forge, <laughs> ten feet apart because they're, <laughs> they're not gay. They're not gay. <laughs> what is GW's yes. stance on that? <laughs> um, I think it's very hinted <laughs> that, um... Fulgrim was, well, I mean, they none of them, none of these people, yes. none of these characters we're talking about are Ex sexual in any means. Except Fulgrim. But we don't know about Fulgrim. Fulgrim was always Fulgrim. weird. Yeah. Fulgrim was always weird. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> the Great Crusade. <laughs> 
So, because the numbers of the legions were so small, uh, they were attached to the Luna Wolves, the Legion of Horus Lippercal, mm-hmm. and they fought alongside and kind of under Horus um, for for the uh, first couple decades of the Great Crusade. Right. This made uh, members of the Luna Wolves and the Emperor's Children grow kind of close, mm-hmm. as well as their Primarchs. Their Primarchs became very close. Yeah. Not to the extent of uh, Ferris Manus and Fulgrim, <laughs> but Horus and Fulgrim were bros. <laughs> Uh, a notable connection that was made was between Lo- uh, Garvio Loken, captain of the 10th company, and uh, Saul Tarvitz, who would eventually become captain of the Emperor's Children's 10th company. Okay. Uh, these, this friendship would pay off eventually. We'll get to eventually. it. Eventually. Uh, Question. Yes. This is the period during which Lucius the Eternal was made, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, he was a uh, he was he was a, a legionnaire at yeah. this time. Yeah. Okay, so we can get into him. He was like, not called Lucius the Eternal. He was just point. He was just yeah. Lucius. We can get into him. He was just, near to the end, I suppose. Uh, yeah, oh, he's coming up. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, actually, we might as well talk a little bit about him now because I mentioned Loken and Tarvitz. Right. Uh, Lu- Loken hated Lucius with a fucking passion. Well, everyone hates Lucius with a passion. Everyone hates Lucius. <laughs> but uh, Garville Loken, I think this is in the second Horus Heresy book. Um, false gods, I think. Yes. Um, and Lucius and Garviel are going back and forth. They're insulting each other because they're at this point. Uh, they're all kind of hanging out on the Vengeful Spirit, yeah. the flagship of the Luna Wolves, mm-hmm. and uh, Garviel is like, or Lucius is like, I'm the greatest swordsman ever, ever. I'm, I'll, I'll beat you. I'll beat you. I'll beat everybody. I'm fucking amazing. Look at me go. And uh, Loken was like, I will spar with you uh but it's not gonna end well for you and lucius was like come on you're a pussy bitch come on come on fight me so loka said all right i'm gonna make this a lesson to remember then he gets in the sparring cage with lucius lucius you know takes two swords or whatever and he's being a flamboyant asshole and uh the fight starts lucius comes at loken loken decks him in the face breaks his, his nose, nose and, and knocks lucius out yeah and permanently with breaking his nose he punches him so hard that not even the advanced magical, almost magical fucking sci-fi science can fix his broken nose. That's how hard Loken hits yeah. him in the face. Yeah. That's how hard I want to hit him in the face, too, if he wasn't an imaginary character in my head. <laughs> well, remember what Lucius becomes later. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that. So, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so, eventually, the Legion uh, would recruit from Terra and from Kamos and from along the way during the Great Crusade, yeah. and they would grow to a point where they could go off on their own yeah. and they do um while we're here we'll talk about some notable members of the emperor's children yeah uh we'll start from the most important on down so uh lord so, commander eidolon was uh, a noise marine right hold on kinda kinda yes no maybe hold on. so was he was ah. he was a noise marine in that he had the, the power to amplify sound. Yeah, he yeah. had screaming. Uh, he was basically one of the the top ranking members of the Legion. Right. And uh, he was one of the first men uh, ones experimented on by Fabius Bile. Right. Or Fabius, as he was called um, at this time. Yeah. Where he had the ability to uh, emit a screeching noise from his face and he could, like, blow out people's eardrums and shit. Yeah. Uh, very weird power to want, but it happened. Yeah. Uh, this he was, was a. Pre- he was a. Hold up. Time out. Brief question. This was pre-heresy, correct? This was pre-heresy. Okay. Yeah. So pre-heresy, the emperor's like, oh, so you have a guy who yells things to death. That's cool. <laughs> this is cool. I'll and allow he, it. He, he, I'll allow it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Lord Commander Vespian was uh, another one of the uh, Primarch's right hands. Right. Um. Not really much to note. Uh. uh Fabius Bile. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Uh, was the chief apothecary? Yeah, Fabius Bile is basically. Uh, I be- he, Fabius Bile, stands out in 40k as yeah. being the ultimate mega super horrible worst mad scientist. Yeah. Who, as a point, was so evil and so gross that he purposefully got himself captured by the Dark Eldar, a species. That has a whole sect of royalty dedicated to being gross mad scientists, studied under said gross mad scientists, got bored, and left. He, he left Komoro. Yes. Which doesn't happen. happen. At all. <laughs> yeah. He, 
Um, Fabius would be like if you mixed um, Dr. Frankenstein with um, the Angel of Death of Auschwitz. Mengele. Fucking Josef Mengele. That's, that's, that's Fabius Bile. Yes. He has fucking spider limbs. No, he... I mean, yeah, yeah he does. The, the, the mechanical <laughs> ones. Yeah. They're not organic spider limbs, but they are... He has them. He has, like, a whole rack of surgical implements attached to spider limbs coming out of the back of his armor. Yeah. It's, he's a weird one. Yes. He's especially okay. weird. M- moving on before I have a fucking stroke. Yes. Uh, Rylanor, one of the coolest fucking emperor's children everywhere. Ever. Rylanor was the Ancient of Rites. He was entombed in uh, Dreadnought armor. Right. Uh, he would go on to Istvan three instead of Saltarvitz because Saltarvitz was injured. Right. Uh, we'll get to that later. I think. What do you think? Is is this episode good enough to talk about both Istvan massacres? Uh. I, well, yeah. I think we can kind reason- of. Well, I think we should kind of give. We're talking about the legions. We're going through their entire her- history, pre and post heresy. So I feel like. Yeah. We should talk about specifically each legion's place in yes. the okay. in Istvan before we cover Istvan as a whole. That sounds backwards, okay. but okay. Let's do that. Okay. So, um, Rylanor was cool. There's a whole sh- song about him. Yes. I'd recommend it. Stringstorm, uh, YouTube. Yep. Recommend it. Very good. Okay. Uh, Saltarvitz, Captain of the 10th Company, friends with Garvia Loken, Captain of the 10th Company. Uh, Saltarvitz would eventually be the one to warn uh, people on Istvan 3 that some shit fuckery is about to happen. Uh, we'll get to that in a couple minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Lucius, Lucius the Eternal, captain of 13th Company. Uh, general annoyance on my, my personality, I fucking hate Lucius. Demon swordsman uh, and general crusty weirdo. Yeah, he has a tongue. Yeah. <laughs> he does. A very long uh, tongue. <laughs> Yeah. He wields a fucking uh, ancient sword. He's he wields this uh Fulgrim's demon sword. That, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um uh, Ma- Ma- Marius uh Verassian uh was uh captain of the third company of the Emperor's Children right. and would be the first noise marine as well as uh the leader of the noise marines. Ah. Noise Marines, um, for those it, of you who don't know, are dudes who walk around with giant sonic cannons with human faces look with human faces on the end of them that use sonic weaponry to blow people's ears out. And pretty much, yeah. Out. Often the weapons are made of people as well. Yes, an important element um, of chaos. Yes. Uh, now, actually, we're going to step ahead a couple thousand years to get to the ne- to this next interesting person, uh, Telemachon Lyris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hold up. He was a lieutenant of the Black Legion. He was one of the founding members of the Black Legion. And he is um, probably one of the coolest Emperor's children I've ever read about. He was an expert swordsman. Uh, he was um, frenemies with uh, Iskandar Kaon, who was uh, one of the other founding members of the Black Legion. Right. And he is a pretty cool guy, not gonna lie. Yeah, I like how... Um, a lot of the noise marines kind of do the um, dark Eldar um, space e- evil space elf. They do the the ponytail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very notable feature. <laughs> okay, so that that we covered some interesting people. Let's talk about the fall of the Emperor's Children. Right. So during the the events of the Great Cru- Great Crusade, they would eventually come across this species called the Lair, yeah. and Lair were snake people. Yes. And the snake people were Sl- Slaneshi cultists. They worshipped Slanesh, who was the chaos god of all of the uh, bad shit that happens on Pornhub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we can leave it at that. Uh, so the Emperor's children absolutely curb stomp these fuckers, right. and. Uh, they would, uh, at the last battle against the lair in their citadel, um, Fulgrim would lead a strike personally, and in the middle of the citadel was a demon blade that was being worshipped, and inside that demon blade was a greater demon of Slaanesh. Okay. It was, like, entombed into the sword. Right. I would like uh, to... And then... Go ahead. I would just like to mention, um, the lair mirrored the Emperor's children in a weird way, like, thematically, where the lair would modify themselves based genetically based on how based on the tasks they would need and where they were in layer society so fabius yes. bile in particular looked at that and the fact that they did the alien that 
the aliens do the thing that we do is bad. Don't yeah. like them, kill them. And so only, yeah, only to steal they, their knowledge and then use it on the emperor's children. Yes, they would actually. Fabius Bile actually like liquefied Lair. Yeah, and like injected that liquefaction into Emperor's children. <laughs> right. Yeah. They would make they would make like battle stims out of people, like out of people, and firstly off out of these these Lair, these snake people, which is disturbing. disgusting. It's like, just a giant needle full of glowy pink shit. What is this? Oh, this is the bodies of all of the aliens we killed. Inject it directly into your neck. (laughs) Just take this big-ass horse needle and shove it in your jugular. It'll make you prettier. Unfortunately. (laughs) It'll make you prettier. I'm so uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have no proof that's not what Fabius Bile did. I'm pretty sure that's that's exactly what he did. That's a thing Fabius Bile would do. That's exactly okay. (laughs) (laughs) After finding the lair blade, yes, there would be a slow and gradual corruption, not only from Fulgrim but from the people around him. First, the Fabius Bile and the Lord Commanders, and then it would work its way through his legion. Um, fun fact: Let's talk about Eldar diplomacy real quick. Uh, Now you might be like, why? I would (laughs) like to. Yes. fun story oh please so after fulgrim got this uh this lair blade and he was slowly being corrupted by slanesh they came across like beautiful like serene planets Mm -hmm. with like no you know no life on them but they look beautiful and stuff so they landed on one of these planets and um they were like wow this is absolutely beautiful like why we should get a colony team here and Fulgrim was like, no, 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 let's not do that. Let's keep this serene beauty, like, uh, intact. Yeah. And then the Eldar show up. (laughs) Not only the Eldar, but Eldrad, (laughs) Uthran? Just Eldrad. Eldrad, king troll of the elves. Yes. We we don't need to say his full name. It's just Eldrad. Eldrad showed up, and with a contingent of, like, Wraithguard and, like, big fuckers like the yeah. eldar titans and like a yeah. lot of soldiers and eldar and eldred was like hey this is one of our maiden worlds so like once once we retake control of the galaxy uh, our people are going to settle here and fulgrim was like oh that's cool that's cool uh and then eldred's like hey so you know your brother the brother you love horus yeah horus yeah horus remember horus yeah you remember horus right <laughs> so uh horus is going to stab daddy in the throat <laughs> and fulgrim said okay and then he beat everybody to death. Not only did... So, they basically declared war on the other on this Right. Point. So, Fulgrim strangled an avatar of Cain. <laughs> a, lava, a lava monster with the power of an Eldar god in it with his bare hands. He strangled this thing to death with his bare hands. The thing's made out of lava, GW! <laughs> anyway. Well, GW clearly understands the wharf effect. Because everybody beats the shit out of the avatar of Cain. Everybody! It's literally that. (laughs) Anyway, so after they kick the shit out of the Eldar in this Maiden World, uh, Fulgrim's like, hey, remember every single other Maiden World we came across? Virus bomb. (laughs) Do it now. (laughs) So that's what they did. They destroyed a bunch of Eldar Maiden Worlds because uh, Eldred told him the truth (laughs) about how it is. And that is why the Eldar don't talk to us anymore. Well, that and Vulcan. Yeah. Yeah, also true. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Vulcan's fucking Eldar. Vulcan's gonna be fun. Vulcan, Vulcan, genocide. The good, the yeah. goody two shoes. Every I love everyone. Primark strangles an Eldar child in a book, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> Here so, at the Battle Brother Cast, we wholeheartedly say, "Fuck the elves." Fuck the elves. <laughs> I have it stapled on my wall. Fuck the elves. So. After this conversation with Eldred, um, the uh, the boys, the Emperor's children, mm-hmm. would uh, make their way to re- reunite with Horus and the Luna Wolves. And it's a fun part in the book. It's a very well-written part in the book uh, where they're making an approach to um, to Horus's, like, fleet. The, right. I think it was, like, the 63rd Expeditionary Fleet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, um, fucking... Fulgrim brought a good contingent of his legion with him, right. and a pretty sizable fleet. And there was a point where 
Fulgrim's like, they don't know we're here yet because the way they were approaching, they weren't like facing that way. They had no idea Fulgrim's fleet arrived. Right. And Fulgrim was like, I could just blow them up now. <laughs> and like, I could prevent this heresy that Uldred's talking about. And then it was the demon blade was like, no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to talk to Horus. You want to talk to Horus right now. And then Fulgrim's like, yes, of course I want to talk to Horus. Why, why, do, why would I even think about like that? And it's a cool, it's a cool fact showing how there was uh, still conflict happening in Fulgrim. Yeah. And even when he wanted to do the right thing, the blade was there. And because the blade was there uh, corrupting with its corrupting influence, yeah. uh, you could see that Fulgrim was slowly just falling, 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 falling. Yeah. So, Fulgrim reunited with Horus, and over the course of a couple minutes, and not many lines of dialogue, Horus convinced Fulgrim to fall against the Emperor. <laughs> He's like, hey, you know what, hey, you know the Emperor's prettier than you, right? HOW DARE YOU! And then he goes full snake monster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kinda, yeah. Not, 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 not snake not so monster hard there, immediately. But... Right, it took him a couple, couple months. <laughs> Maybe a, a, a year or two. <laughs> no, uh, no, I remember the 1D4chan thing. The 1D4chan joke is like, Horus, like, Horus did, Horus pulled an after-school special on Fulgrim, where it's like, hey, Horus, you want to try this sword? Sure, I like this sword. This sword doesn't seem so bad. It's a sword. And then the sword's like, hey, Fulgrim, you want to try this melted corpse? You want this melted alien corpse? Sure. And then Horus shows up and is like, hey, Fulgrim. You want to kill? You want to kill the emperor? He's like hell yeah! I want to kill the emperor? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Because <laughs> Fulgrim, uh, oddly so, enough, doesn't really have a lot of willpower at this point. No, very, very obviously yeah. no. Um, so Fulgrim was on board with Horus. Now the Horus Heresy was go going to kick off mm -hmm. relatively soon. Uh, but before it kicked off, uh, Horus wanted Fulgrim to convince Ferris Manus to also fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ferris and Fulgrim meet on the bridge of the Iron... Hands of Iron... I don't know what their flagship's called. It's something stupid, probably, with the word iron in it. Hands flagship. The Fist of Iron! The Fist <laughs> of iron. iron, because of course it is. How many fists are... There's two. There's, like, two. Yeah. There's two big fist the hand-themed... Space Marine. I get movies. it. I get it confused with the Iron Blood, which is the Iron Warriors flagship. So that's why uh, there was hesitation there. People do that um, a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. So Ferris and Fulgrim talk, and Fulgrim's like, "Hey, listen, we need to turn on the Emperor because whatever political reason he's mentioned." And uh, Ferris was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And they began to fight on the bridge of the Fist of Iron, and. They were smacking each other, they pulled swords, or they pulled the weapons that each other made for them, and Fulgrim went to swipe at Ferris, and Ferris caught the sword with his hand, and like, broke it, and caused an explosion when he broke it. And he's like, I made this fucking sword, you retard, don't you think I knew how to destroy it? <laughs> I, I like, my favorite part of that image is, um, I made this just... Fucking, imagine, I make shit. Imagine having to make something, and then having somebody try to kill you with it, and then having to shatter it. Yeah. And it is said Something you that, spent three entire yeah, months, months making. working on. And it is said that immediately after Fulgrim left, Ferris shed a single tear, because that was a cool-ass sword that he had to break. <laughs> a single man tear. <laughs> Which you... So... Ferris was obviously not in line with this whole uh, heresy thing, mm -hmm. and he would eventually, like, you know, right. whack shit. Um, but I think I got my timeline a mi little mixed up, mm -hmm. because I think Isfan 3 happened right before this. Um, yes. So Isfan 3, let's talk about the Purge. Right, Istvan, hold on. So Back to Lexicon, continue. So, uh, Horus and the accompanying Traitor Legions knew that once... Uh, the Horus Heresy kicked off, there would be elements of their legion that would not be cool with this. That would, that either they don't know if they would fall in line with their, with their reasoning, or they just straight up would choose the Emperor over their Primarchs. Um, among these of the Emperor's children were Saul Tarvitz, mm -hmm. 
and uh, a bunch of others, uh, most of which aren't important enough to talk about. Right. Uh, Lucius was there too for some reason, probably because everybody hates Lucius. Yeah. And as we um, all know, because if everyone, someone hate, someone is hated by everyone, that guy absolutely fucking has to be everywhere. Yeah. That's just law. That's, that is GW law. Um, so they would eventually, um, hear of a rebelling planet on the planet of Istvan 3 in the Istvan system. Um, and they're like, hey, this is a perfect opportunity. So they reshuffled a whole bunch of companies. Uh, in every single one of these legions, and they basically loaded them with all loyalists, um, essentially, or supposed loyalists. And these loyalist deployments, these, like, ad hoc units, would all be deployed mm-hmm. onto the planet, which is straight overkill, first off, so they should have known something was up. Um, but, uh, they would be deployed onto this planet, and they would pretty handily destroy the rebellion, and... They would just chill on the planet for a little while. Um, and then Saul Tarvitz, who was previously injured, mm-hmm. uh, he got his leg fucked up, I think, mm-hmm. um, would uh, stumble across the plan to virus bomb the planet with all the loyalist units on the planet. Right. So being fucking very concerned, he jumped in a Thunderhawk, um, a Thunderbird, mm-hmm. and straight up strafed towards the planet dropped straight over to the planet and on the way he passed the uh frigate eisenstein Mm -hmm. and the eisenstein was piloted by a death guard by the name of nathaniel garrow and nathaniel garrow was a straight up badass and he was also pledged to be like blood brothers or something with salt harvitz i don't know warhammer shit yeah it's weird they Um, they were best friends they were bros uh, and while they were passing, uh, Garrow was given orders to shoot down Saul Tarvitz. And Tarvitz was like, what the fuck? That's a little strange, don't you think? <laughs> and he didn't. And Saul Tarvitz was like, oh, by the way, the Horus and the other Primarchs are going to betray the Emperor. And Garrow was like, the fuck? <laughs> so he fucking yeeted himself into the warp. Saul Tarvitz landed on the planet of Visfan 3. And just in time... And he told um, the other commanders, the uh, like uh, Garvey Loken of the Lunar Wolves mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Tarek Torgaden of the Lunar Wolves, that uh, some wacky shit's about to happen, so get to cover. And because of his actions, uh, most of the loyalists survived the virus bombing. At the, cost essentially of, would have... at the cost of like 12 billion people. Oh, well, not the, ma- <laughs> not the point. Yeah, it's uh, a statistic. Fuck, fuck. Fuck Istvan 3, it's just a number. Um, so, for those of you who don't know what a virus bombing is, <coughs> excuse me, essentially what they do is they launch this highly corrosive chemical that eats everything. It's called like the, the no, it's called the virus bomb. Uh, it's like the world, the life ender, life eating virus? The life eater, yeah. Uh, the life eater virus. The life eater? Yep. Yeah. And um, it would essentially break down all organic matter and uh, most inorganic matter, actually. And uh, it would create, like, a noxious fume, a very flammable noxious fume when the organic matter was decomposed. And this fume would settle into the lower atmosphere, and then the orbiting fleet would only have to fire a single strike, a single, like, lance strike at the planet, and the entire planet would be engulfed in firestorms that would essentially kill off everything that didn't die from the virus bombing. So, most of the Loyalists survived this virus bombing, and they they would lead, like, a... No, continue. Go ahead. Um, They would lead, essentially, a resistance against mm -hmm. the uh, traitorous Primarchs for a couple, like, seven months or something. Right. And uh, once they realized that the virus bombing didn't work, they just straight up threw Angron and a bunch of world eaters at the planet. Uh, no, actually, he threw himself at the planet. (laughs) Details, details. Horace is like, don't you fucking go down there. And Angron was like slowly like backpedaling towards the door. <laughs> like, don't you, Angron, don't you fucking do He's it. like, Angron, I'm watching you leave. <laughs> don't you fucking leave. <laughs> I'm just like, just, Horace like, Angron, no. And Angron said, <laughs> which we can interpret to be Angron, yes. Yeah, pretty much. So Angron would deploy and a lot of other uh, contingents of the Traitor Legions would also deploy uh, and they would lead, uh, they would basically fight in guerrilla warfare style against the traitors for a couple months 
enacting uh, a very heavy toll on the uh, the traders, uh, more than it should have been because it should have just been a clean bombardment and that thing's done. But Solved Harvest stepped in and Angron was a retard, so mm -hmm. they fought for a long time. Uh, and then they were betrayed by Lucius, who was also on the planet. For some and reason. Lucius, being the <laughs> shit cunt he was, wanted to be back in the Legion because he missed daddy. And he was basically told by Eidolon, hey, if you betray those fuckers, uh, we'll let you live and you could be back in good graces with the Legion. And Lucius was like, all right, cool, fucking bet. Here's how you get into the, the rebel stronghold. <laughs> and they did. And they all died. Thanks, Lucius. <laughs> when we start merch, can we put that on a t-shirt? <laughs> yes, Angry, thanks, yes. Lucius. thanks, Lucius. <laughs> uh, so the traitor legions were purged, but because Garo got away, um, the Emperor knew now what was happening. So... It's fan five, the drop site massacre. Right. Um, the Traitor Legions would set up shop on uh, the planet of Isfan five, and they knew that the Emperor would enact swift vengeance, swift retribution. Um, so they set up a pretty defensive network, right. and they just waited. They waited for the Emperor to come. And they knew the Emperor himself wasn't going to come, but they did send a vanguard detachment of the... Uh, Iron Hands, the Raven Guard, Salamanders, the Salamanders, and the Raven Guard. Yes, this this would be the strike force that would uh, uh, initially enact uh, vengeance, mm -hmm. the Emperor's will, onto the traitors. Right. Uh, with uh, very closely behind them, the Iron the Iron Warriors, the Alpha Legion, the Night Lords, and the Word Bearers. They were very close pursuit, and they knew that they would be backing them up. Uh, no problem. Right. As soon as the fighting would begin, they would essentially make orbit. Right. Um, so, Fulgrim uh, would lead a personal charge against Ferris Manus, and the two le the legions present would engage, and Ferris Manus and Fulgrim would basically duel for fucking, like, 15 minutes uh, during this massive, massive engagement. And as the two Primarchs were dueling and the Emperor's children with their newly uh, developed gear like the, the noise marines, marines and their and their uh their new war gear and shit right um as they were all engaging and you know there were other fights going on between the other legions present obviously uh as they were engaging the other four reinforcement legions would deploy and they would make way to planet um the iron warriors the alpha legion the night lords and the uh word bearers would all deploy around the positioning of the three uh, Vanguard legions engaged with the traitors, and as they were fighting, um, Horus basically just shoots up a single red flare, and this red flare would be seen across the battle, and the loyalists engaged would be like, "That's weird." Anyway, so let's retreat. Um, let's let our new brothers, newly arrived brothers, uh, engage with the enemy, and as they turn to uh, basically fall back in order to, you know, get the new fresh legions in the fight. Um, the reinforcing legions would open fire on every single one of the vanguard legions right. and uh, basically eviscerate them. Yes. As and while this was all happening, as tra as as traitors, they turned at the last minute and they uh, realized a little too late that they were working with Horus. Yeah. Um, as this was all happening, Ferris Manus and Fulgrim's duel would come to an end as Fulgrim, who was uh, very, very angry with Ferris Manus for, you know, not following in line, mm -hmm. uh, uh, lost control a little bit and allowed the demon to take control of his body that was in the sword. Uh, the demon took control of Fulgrim's body and cut off Ferris Manus's head with the demon sword. Right. Ferris Manus would die. He's dead forever. Yeah. Dead. He cannot... Proving that the Primarchs were not gods. They were, in fact, just men. Except for Vulcan. Except for Vulcan, who lives forever, by the way. Yes. Also, so Ferris. Yeah, brief question. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm on the 40k wiki page. Do we want to yeah. talk about how the noise of marines got made? Uh, do we? I can. I'll, I'll do it. I'll be brief. Okay. So uh, on Fulgrim's ship, on Fulgrim's battle barge, pride, pride of the emperor. Pride of the emperor. Yes. <laughs> A composer named Bekwa Kinska um, heard the orgy jams of the lair. And was like, you know what? I want to do that. And then she did. Or they did, whoever that is. 
and then they made noise and then the it was, giant it was a woman yeah it was a woman then she did and then in when she made the noise marine weapons in the warp for some reason um slanesh opened the door demonettes happened uh murder orgy ensued and then kinska's instruments became the noise marine sonic cannons yep that's it pretty much we don't need to go into detail Remember, we don't need to go into detail. In, remember previous metaphor of Serbian film. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I'm dying. That killed me. <laughs> Too much talking. That makes sense. So, uh, after Isfan 5, uh, the loyalists were on the back foot, and uh, the actually pretty much shattered. That's why they're into that. They called, they called themselves the Shattered Legions. Right. The Salamanders, the Iron Hands, and the Raven Guard were now shattered. Mm -hmm. um, most of them died. Um, afterwards, uh, the traders would make their way towards Terra, but okay. before they made their way towards Terra, um, Fulgrim knew that he was going to have to kind of change shit up for when they engaged on Terra. So he convinced, uh, Perturabo, the Primarch of the Iron Warriors, that, uh, there's this cool-ass weapon called the Angel Exterminatus. This is in the book, the Angel Exterminatus. Exterminatus. <laughs> um... That there's this cool-ass weapon that'll win the, the war for sure. It'll kill the Emperor, it'll kill Sanguinius. And um, he convinced Perturabo, kind of like offhandedly, because Perturabo's like, fuck it, whatever, cool weapon, whatever. I don't care. Fuck you, <laughs> Fulgrim. Uh, he convinced them that this there was this cool weapon and that they needed to get it. So they traveled towards an, Elf, uh, an Aldair Crone world, which is one of the worlds that was engulfed by Slanesh right. during her birth. Its birth. Um, Their birth. Their birth, um, and, and I'm sorry, <laughs> snake I'm monster. I'm on the wiki page, and it opened up an ad for some reason. Like I'm and... on the wiki. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was all a ploy, and he knew that he would need uh, Perturabo there to make him a demon primarch. He was going to sacrifice Perturabo, and it would make him a demon. And it did. It didn't sacrifice Perturabo because Perturabo was like, fuck you, and went Super Saiyan and um, basically broke off whatever control that Earth's life-suckingness yes. that Fulgrim had on Perturabo. And he was like, he beat the shit out of Fulgrim. <laughs> but Fulgrim turned into a snake monster. And that that's it. They hate each other now, yeah. kind of forever. Well, I feel like... Uh, but not really. But, but not really. No. But not really. Like, they're like, all right, fine. I get what you did that. Fuck you. But like, okay, moving on. Siege of Terra. During the Siege of Terra, the entire Emperor's Children force deployed. And uh, they, um, there was actually a, a single engagement in which Fulgrim deployed the entire Legion to break a wall. And they didn't even break the wall. The Emperor's Children were fucking useless. Dorn, <laughs> uh, who is not a demon Primarch, beat the shit out of Fulgrim. Um... Fulgrim ran away because he was tired. Did you just say Corn, not a demon? Dorn! Dorn! Uh, Rogel Dorn! I heard Corn! Not that one. Corn <laughs> for the cornflakes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dorn, D with a, Dorn with a D, 7th Primarch, beat yes. the shit out of Fulgrim. Uh, Fulgrim was bored of being get, getting the shit beat out of him, so he left. Um, the Emperor's Children lost 10,000 warriors in a single day because they're fucking useless. Um, after the Siege of Terra, during the Great Scouring, uh, the Emperor's Children would uh, flee to the Eye of Terror with the rest of the Traitor Legions, and they would be uh, engaged with the other Legions in the Legion Wars. Uh, they eventually even stole the body of Horus Lupercal. Right. Um... Because Fabius wanted to stick a syringe in it, yes. I think. Several syringes. Uh, he wanted several syringes. He wanted to clone the Primar the War Master. He already cloned so Horus. By this point. He, yeah, he also he also cloned Fulgrim. Yeah. Not Horus, Fulgrim. He cloned Fulgrim by this point. Yeah. He made a loyalist clone of Fulgrim. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Uh good writing, GW. Yeah. Um That can only go well. That can only go well. So that he, they steal the body of Horus Lupercal. Uh, at this point, uh, the Emperor's children was were relatively <clears throat> intact at the Legion. Right. Uh, they had a base called the Canticle City, and it was um, Abaddon, <clears throat> along with 
Telemachran Lias, who we mentioned before, yes. who is uh, one of the founding members of the Black Legion, and Iskandar, Iskandar Kayan, uh, one of the South and Sun sorcerers, who was also a uh, founding member of the Black Legion. This was before the Black Legion was a thing. Right. But they uh, allied with fragments of the Sons of Horus, uh, among them Falbus Kyber, the Widowmaker, um, and they would attack the Canticle City to destroy the body of Horus Lippercal, or to reclaim it. Yes. Um, but mostly to destroy it. Mm -hmm. um, because there Abaddon can only needed be one to be horse. Warmaster. There can only, there can be, only be one horse, and his name is Abaddon. Um, <laughs> I actually quite enjoy this battle. Uh, Abaddon faces off against the clone of Horus Lippercal and kicks his ass because Abaddon is better at this point. Yes, um, at this point. The Black Legion is formed, uh, and uh, the Legion Wars kind of grind to a halt as Abaddon basically ensures himself as the most powerful being in the Eye of Terror, yeah. uh, outside of the Chaos Gods, I guess you could say. Um, but the Emperor's Children would kind of ally with Abaddon when the time arose mm -hmm. during one of the Black Crusades. They were, they're like cool, on cool terms. Um, nobody likes the Emperor's Children, and nobody likes the Black Legion. <laughs> so... uh, they just don't want to get shit-stumped by either of them. <laughs> uh, fun fact, there are members of the Emperor's Children inside the Black Legion. And because the Black Legion is an amalgamation of a yeah. bunch of different legions. Yeah. And um, the Emperor's Children actually look at these these uh, turncoats, these traitors, as fucking traitors. Uh. They despise all Slaanesh, all Slaanesh worshipping uh, Emperor's Children members inside the Black Legion uh, as they see them as fucking traitors. Or maybe they're just jealous. Uh, yeah, they're just not... They look good in black, I guess. Black looks good in everything. <laughs> That is true. And they hate, they hate that. <laughs> um, but other than that, Fulgrim's still alive. Um, Fulgrim uh, leads his men on the occasion uh, when they're not combing each other's hair. Um, or raping armies of elves. Yes. In a very literal too. and metaphorical way. Yeah. Other than that, I think that pretty much sums up the Emperor's children. Yeah. There's That's not a lot. Where they, yeah. There isn't a lot. I hate the Emperor's children so much. <laughs> I despise them. They make me beyond uncomfortable, <laughs> and I hate myself for devoting this much time to them. If I would like to say, if I would also like to give closing thoughts, uh, I'd like to refer back to my video, the, th the statement I made in Dark Angels about um, paladins in space with X. Yes. This is paladins in space, but with excessive amounts of, like, crust and horniness. And that's weird. That's gross. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's gross. That is gross. Because, like, like I've, the Emperor's children are grosser than even... I think the Emperor's children are grosser than the Death Guard, because the Death Guard are rotten and disgusting, but these guys are just, like, ultimate mega-alien super-rapists who serve yes. the alien god of rape. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, hard no. They make me very uncomfortable. They're gross. And I hate myself... And I hate them. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good culmination. It's a good culmination yeah. of family fun entertainment. Oh, we never really said what happens to Lucius the Eternal. Uh, he becomes a demon. Oh, fuck I'll me. I'll do it. Why do we have to do that? Lucius the Eternal um, becomes a demon. Becomes a demon. Becomes a demon prince. And um, not not really. No. Really? Huh. He's the champion of Slanesh, uh, but like, Karn isn't a demon prince, and Karn's the champion of Corn. Oh. So he's just Slanesh's favorite weirdo. Yes, exactly. Of the Emperor's children. Of the Emperor's children. Yes. And uh Or just in general, yeah. I guess. Lucian ha Lucius has a weird gimmick where if if you kill him and you enjoy it, because Lucian is an obnoxious, slimy prick, you reincarnate as Lucian. Lucian yeah. reincarnates and your face becomes a part of his armor. Yes. He literally can't die. As long as on, you enjoy on, killing him. Uh, but sometimes it just happens anyway. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes he just reincarnates anyway because Slanesh didn't like the fact that he died. <laughs> wow. I call bullshit. Yeah, it's, it is bullshit. Yeah. Slanesh, the other, other, other. The other, 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 I'm counting. Other, 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 other god of bullshit. Yeah. Because they are all gods of bullshit, just in varying they connotations of the word. They are all gods of bullshit. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Lucius is a prick. Uh, fuck him and his long-ass tongue. Um, 
Uh, I feel like uh, we we talked about bile. We talked about Tarvitz. We talked about what we talked about. I feel Eidolon. Like, yeah, Eidolon. That's all the important ones. Yeah. Nobody likes the rest of them. They're all just more weirdos. I have a question. They're all just weird pedophiles, yeah. and I hate them with every fiber of my fucking being. <laughs> question. Uh, yeah. Because I'm not really into the uh, the model. Like I'm in. I like the painting and stuff, but I don't really know how the how popular are the Emperor's Children fandom wise. Not at all. Huh. Like, are you talking about like actual to- tabletop? Like tabletop and just in general. They aren't popular at all. <laughs> Nobody plays the Emperor's Children. <laughs> I have never met, except like Kiroth TV, who is one of the the he like does specifically lore, uh, yeah. not lore. He does specifically like tabletop news and shit. Right. Uh, he is the only person I have ever seen who plays Emperor's Children. <laughs> I've seen people play Fabius Bile. Well, yeah, and like Bile's like because Fabius Bile got a new model not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, and he's his own and, separate um, thing. Yeah, and he's kind of his own faction at this point. Yeah, um, Fabius Bile doesn't technically... Yeah, I just want a brief aside about Fabius Bile because um, some of our people, uh, may God have mercy on them, are learning about the lore through us. Fuck. fuck. I'm so God. sorry for you poor people. I am so sorry. But um, Fabius Bile is... Um, we mentioned him. Fabius Bile, after the heresy, essentially became his own faction where he, he took his own group of Emperor's Children and then he took his own group of Chaos Apothecaries... And now he just gets to do all the horrible Mengele shit he wants, free from having to cater to the whims of Fulgrim or Eidolon or anyone else. And at a certain point, he's just he doesn't believe he doesn't really believe in the chaos gods. No, he is a chaos, chaos god at this point. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah. But he's somehow less weird him. than literally all of the other Emperor's children. I hate all of these people. Yeah. I hate this entire legion. Yes. Uh, in conclusion, they're basically elves. They're basically dark Eldar, but space marines. Yeah, but space marines. Yeah. I hate that. And as we say here thoroughly, fuck elves. Fuck elves. <laughs> and everything that resembles them. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> okay, next episode, Partarabo. <laughs> the, the, the Iron Warriors, somebody more interesting, please. Thank you. Somebody who doesn't make me crawl on my skin. God, I hate the Emperor's Children. Holy fuck. Somebody who will get to make jokes. Somebody who somebody who will allow me to use the you're not my real dad jokes for the entire yes, fucking be, video. That will be next episode. Absolutely. Um, so join us then when we talk about and, someone who's more interesting than Fulgrim. Literally anything else. <laughs> yeah, literally anything, anything else. else. <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> fuck them. I'm going to bed. Ave Imperator. Ave Imperator. (laughs) Good night.